Hi there, this is Ed Townend and you're listening to the Erratic Control Podcast. This week's podcast is with Rebecca Hearn and I went down to Paul's Call to see Rebecca and have an interview and record a song with her during quite a rainy day in the middle of the week. It was a good chat, it's a very long chat. I think we kind of told about two hours, obviously it's cut down a bit. Yeah, we, we covered quite a lot of stuff. We had quite a long conversation outside of the usual stuff we talk about as well um, on this podcast. So I think that's it's quite a good indicator of you know just someone you can kind of talk to and who has a lot to say about music and about themselves and you know it's kind of the thing i'm driving out with this podcast you can also hear rebecca play one of her new songs which will be on her upcoming ep waves and that's the track of the same name and that'll be after the interview so here is my interview with rebecca hunt i was looking at um for, for my next ep basically i'm gonna do a type of it's like a water theme so okay. i'm well what i'm doing an underwater fo- photo shoot okay cool. which is gonna be really really hilarious that's, i don't know how it's gonna work that's interesting have you heard of someone called little red yeah Ellie Ellie, makes music. Ellie. so yeah. she um her like last kind of photo shoot and her video that she's just that's just done was in i think she, they did it in a bath I quite... saw the photo. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like milky water. Yeah, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's like kind of. I was looking. Yeah, I was looking at that with uh, Maddie, my yeah, mentor, yeah, yeah. and we were just like looking like, oh, she's done that. And it, it works really well. It's such. It's such a cool look, isn't it? It's like. It's so different, and yeah. it's a bit like whoa. It's kind of like a bit jar. Yeah, when I saw that, I think because that was when she kind of revealed that project for the first time and she mm. used that kind of imagery and I was like, God, that looks really cool. Like, I think, yeah, I think and having the right imagery to things is really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely have started to find that because it's, you know, it's like first impressions. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if it looks interesting, if it, if it grabs your attention, it's like, it's more. great. Like, I mean, I've talked about it a couple of times and when I brought it up, it's always something that I try and I kind of have to dance around. But when it comes to like solo musicians and them kind of getting their music out there, it's there's so many of them. There's so many of there's us. So many of them. It's yeah, so, it's like so many I think I'm I'm I keep saying it, and so I'm kind of getting it um, right now. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it does apply to men and women. I think it is just a broad thing. I've kind of really, really noticed it. But there's so many out there that you kind of have to really set yourself apart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think anyone can record anything in their bedroom now. You can yeah. do whatever you want. You, you don't have to be this type of person to do all this music. Like Anybody can do it. And I think, you know, the, the kind of era of the singer-songwriter just with a guitar is kind of dead not not dead as such i mean dying yeah no but like at the same time ed sheeran's just sold out four dates well sold out three dates in the prince valley stadium and added a four it's like that one direction had trouble selling out prince valley stadium yeah Yeah. and like he's just sold out three dates and added a fourth that's That's like crazy and he's a solo artist like like he doesn't Uh, even use a band no exactly he's just just, mind-blowing and you know it's so popular now to slay ed sheeran yeah but it's like he worked really hard so hard i love Ed. he never went he didn't go to like he's like that song he's like he says i didn't go to brit school like he slept on people's floors like he played 300 shows a year like you know like and everyone slates him and it's like it's such a good example of you know grassroots music getting 100 percent. and like like obviously he headlined glastonbury and everyone was like 
he's not strong enough to headline Glastonbury. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, okay, he he probably didn't have a the baseline, a, a massive drum yeah. beat and stuff like you'd expect from a, a top sellout band. But I kind of do believe it's not just about your music, really. He, if you think about what he's done this year, I don't think there's anyone else that could have headlined Glastonbury with the amount of success he had. I think he probably definitely yeah, deserved that. It was that. like it was like the equivalent of Adele. Yeah, and exactly. Adele has to have like a hundred musicians backing. Well, I guess yeah. maybe not that. That's a bit extreme, but like you know, and I hate everyone just like laying into him. It's just like it's not for you. Like obviously, okay, fine, great. You're not into mainstream music. Like yeah. fine, I don't need to know about it. <laughs> like yeah, okay, he's signed to a major label and he writes for Justin Bieber and all these people, but. That doesn't make him necessarily a bad person. No, like, and that's like, I think, like, what that is like my pet hate about the music industry is that people are so, not disgusted, but they really hate mainstream music. Mm. But then I'm thinking, no matter if you write for a rock band or some folk country mm. person, you've still got to be able to appreciate different music and that, it, that it's good. Even if you don't like it, there's a reason why he had all of his 17 tracks in the top 17. There is obviously a reason for it. Like, they're good songs, even if you don't like them. And it and it's like, it's an example of how the music industry has changed so much. Mm. And yeah, and you know, I'm not keen on some of his songs, but I, I do like some of his songs. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it. if it appeals to that many people, there must be something to it. Yeah, he's like, actually done something right. Although then again, the best selling album of last year was someone offers soap opera doing cover what? songs yeah it was like it's some ridiculous story like some guy who used to be on coronation street or something like had the best selling album last year no was, way yeah yeah it's re- like i can't i mean i can look it up year. yeah 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 what? because that's because but it was the because it was cds and it was like that age, like people, like millennials, I, kinda, I hate that mm. term, but like millennials yeah. don't buy CDs anymore. I mean, I do, but that's because I've got a weird kind of paranoia I, about physical I formats. love um, physical CDs. Yeah, I think, and do you think it's because you drive and you kind of have them on I your think car? so. And I have like, in my car, I have like, um, you know, the massive cases and you yeah. just slide them all in. And Larry's said exactly the same yeah, thing. And like, I really need to get one because like, I literally just changed CDs today. I was like, I don't have anywhere to put that one. I got to no, get like a case. Honestly, I'm... I think I'm just kind of I am quite a bit of a vintage freak like I love stuff like that I, and I love getting <laughs> but the idea that CDs are vintage <laughs> but it is isn't it like, like oh no it is and it's like streaming and like I like you know plugging your phone in the car like I, I haven't even got aircon in my car <laughs> oh god <laughs> I know that must be fun recently yeah, yeah especially oh. being ginger it's just oh, you know god but like uh, oh I, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love having CDs. I think I'm just I th- yeah, and you know, listening to a record from start to finish is such kind of. I know it's that's one another thing. People don't do that anymore, I think and I love I, doing I that. I think you know, but the, because of the resurgence of like vinyl and stuff, I think that is coming back. Yeah, and I think the idea that you would write an album with 17 songs in it, like Ed Sheeran did, and kind of have them, on, you can have them on shuffle because you know, I you know, I haven't listened to that album from start to finish. I don't know if there's like a structure to it. Mm, um. Not really. Like, yeah. Th- th- to be honest, it's not my favorite album, but I understand why it's good. Yeah. But um, I feel like the one before was definitely, like you said, structured, and you'd listen yeah. to it, and you'd okay. kind of go along with them. You could probably shuffle the new ones, and mm. it would feel like it's in order because there isn't really. I mean, that's you know, that's the thing. It's like I really like albums that 
are you have to listen to from start to finish. Yeah, me too. And they make more sense that way because then you you can't. It's just an added dimension to it. Yeah. And you know, like for it to go through those phases. But I mean, either way is good because like you, sometimes you are in the mood to listen to an album. Sometimes you are yeah. in the mood to Definitely. put shuffle on and. The fact you can just sit down and listen to 30 different artists in one go nowadays is completely... Yeah. I also do think it's good for um, up-and-coming musicians because, you mm. know, you, people make playlists, you can share them. And, yeah, you know, if someone makes one, say a celebrity made one and put some newcomer's track in there, mm. that could generate a lot of interest for that. Yeah, that newcomer, precisely. And that's, which is really good. That's so rare that that would happen before. Yeah that's great yeah. and it kind of puts you out there it's definitely like, yeah it's, it's such a good platform to be on as well people can write articles all they want about it being the end of the end of the music industry like i have <laughs> like i literally have written i wrote an article a couple of years ago about how streaming is killing music and then i was like but also it's not yeah you know the record the record industry has to adapt to these things and and it is and that's what spotify is doing definitely i think it, i think it's killing and growing in different aspects like, it's the same way as you know when napster was a thing it was like when you could download free music that was such a change in the industry that it kind of kick-started this new you know open yeah. open and now so many people are in- interested in so many different genres I exactly think. you have one massive library now whereas it you used to just be like oh i've only got this cd and i've got this cd yeah and i only like this type of music yeah and i will never ever differ from that that's the thing and now people who are into drum and bass or into reggae into you know I, all those things are quite similar but like uh well not really but yeah like there's, well it, I, I understand what you mean because i love country music mm-hmm. love 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 and then in the car i've got like drake on the cd yeah. so you think well, why are you yeah, into reggae like, and listening to drake you, if you told like 14 year old ed that he'd be really really into hip-hop and rap music when he was 20 like <laughs> he would not believe you it's just like it was such an alien concept to me back then but now i love it like yeah. i love going out to like brooklyn zoo and bumper grind and stuff really and it's like i love that music yeah. now and i kind of it seems so strange that and you know there's there's always ways you can get into that kind of music if you look hard enough yeah and totally. like you said about country music i've brought this up on the podcast before so people get sick of me talking about it but um <laughs> You know, when, when people say, oh, what kind of music are you into? And I was always like, oh, was, I'm into everything. Like, it's, it's a horrible, cliched thing to say to say that you're into everything. And like, one of the really typical things is people say, oh, I'm into everything except rap rap and country music. And that's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. everyone hates country music. Yeah, but then, then for me, I was like, I got into rap. So I was like, oh, I'm into everything except country music. Yeah. And then, because I kind of like... I, I wasn't really into that kind of mainstream stuff like Johnny Cash and like I, I'd like appreciate him as an artist but I just like wouldn't listen to it yeah you wouldn't choose to and like things like that and a lot of country music is really cheesy as well so yeah. cheesy I think that's why I love it like <laughs> I am like look at my top hopeless romantic oh yeah but I love Eurovision so I'm all about the cheese but it's like <laughs> it's love like Eurovision. um but at certain times you're just like oh no I can't I, I have yeah I understand there is a line there is Ooh. a line where you're like okay but again, like I mentioned on the podcast before, and um, I kind of want to talk to her at some point. Um, I saw Bryony Sear, you know, when we yeah, were we were at the Beth and Elvin yeah. thing in uh, Wells Millennium Centre, and I saw Bryony Sear play, and she was playing country music. Incredible. And I was like, yeah, she's amazing. So And I good. was like, I think I like country music now. <laughs> I think I'm all right with this now. When you get that chance to listen to music that you've never heard before, some of it is really hard to get into. So hard, yeah, but, definitely. 
there are certain ways you can kind of cross genres and I think that's happening more and more yeah um, absolutely and I think yeah it's really interesting like working with bands who kind of jump jump around those kind of genres yeah. and kind of try and mix things up and it's a lot more interesting than just listening to a band who all whose songs will all sound the same yeah because I that's agree. where they come from and I think you know opening that that up has become something that's really been you know the new direction for music in in recent years but this is kind of like a general conversation yeah should we kind of narrow it down yeah. <laughs> to talk about to talk about you with these podcasts kind of start off by having kind of couch conversation kind of lead into it and there's lots of editing going on so you don't have to worry about that's okay and things like um I like to try and talk about as much as possible so I have as much as possible to kind of leave in or cut out yeah, stuff that's and fine. somehow with Larry, we managed to talk for ages and talk about really kind of interesting things so yeah. I couldn't really cut anything out so her podcast ended up being an hour and a half long really? which is the longest one I've done so far yeah. which is amazing and like all the things we talked about like I couldn't really find anything to cut out to make it shorter so all the things we talked about were really interesting you know I'm sure I have podcasts with people which I'll literally have to cut into two because they're too long yeah so definitely. which will be good because then it means less work you for me like but like part one, <laughs> yeah, part yeah part two. one part two <laughs> yeah and so I kind of had to try and have a casual conversation kind of an overarching conversation yeah. as well but and then focus on specific things so the kind of the there's kind of two questions I ask at the beginning and two questions I ask at the end okay so the first question is what's your first musical memory so anything you can remember that's like the first thing that you associate with music yeah. in your well, life to be honest I think we've I've always 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 had music like apparently when I was a baby they had to put like classical music on for me to go to sleep because I just <laughs> would not sleep. But um, I used to be so into like musicals and do you remember things like Fame Academy? This was before X Factor. Oh was god, a yeah, thing. I love Fame Academy. I was obsessed. And oh. that was the first concert I saw live, and that was in really? the Cardiff oh, International I'm so Arena. So jealous. And I was <sighs> loving it. I think I'm probably only about five. Those songs in this are so concert. good as well. So good. Who was the girl with with the red hair? The judge. I always forget her oh, name. Oh, God. Yeah, but she's like... She was like pretty famous. Powerhouse, yeah. And like, I love Fame Academy. Because Fame Academy was essentially Big Brother, but music. Yeah, it literally was. It was so good. So good. I, like, I've got the DVD upstairs. Or maybe it's a video. I don't even know. Of like, you know, like you can watch all like the highlights in one big video. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, yeah, I yeah like you, occasionally I just have a YouTube binge of all the Fame Academy stuff. <laughs> and it's like it's ridiculous, but like... But the most famous person to come out was, of that was Lamar. And then he... Yeah, where, where he, he did. Like, I'm, I'm sure he's still going in some capacity. He's probably but like, somewhere yeah, 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 in yeah. a studio he's, somewhere. He's right probably got like, you know, but all those people are like, you know, some of them were terrible and some of them oh, were yeah. really, But like, I remember in the first series, like Ainsley was my favourite. Like, I really loved Ainsley. I just used to all, like, it sounds really bad. This was me being five-year-old and just wanting to look like all like the pretty girls on there and like wanting to be a pop star. <laughs> so I always used to just love like... Or like the girls, and they like they always had to do like the dance. Yeah, they work, did. They had like, dance, dance classes, and, and it was like remember. they just all hated it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Dancing, and they did like workouts and they like fitness yeah, things, yeah, yeah. and like when if you look back at it now and you think, what is that show? But it was brilliant. It's it was so still brilliant. It's like so much better than that crap you get like with the X Factor and the and the voice and oh, stuff. Where it's, it's like just... so focused on drama. I want like in a different way, like the kind yeah. of the sob stories kind of things. Yeah, which, but then yeah, but then with Fame Academy, it was so kind of like it was, it was so like, Big Brother and and 
they were talented at the same time. Yeah, they so were. Like they were good. That's stuff. the thing. Yeah. That is the thing. They were it was, good. It was great. I, God, I love that show. That was <sighs> like I remember well, whenever I, whenever anyone asks me that, I always think, yeah, like Fame Academy just comes to my mind. But like musicals, like I used to sit and watch Annie on repeat, and I mean on repeat. Like we <sighs> had a bunny rabbit, and I called it Molly. Molly was my favorite person in Annie, and I just used to like. I just which, used to obsess over it. She was like the little orphan oh, that, like. I think she was my favorite as well. Yeah, I, I loved like Annie. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Annie, I, oh. Annie for me was less about the music and more about the the story. Really, I, I was oh, really I just into the music. music as well. Oh, apart from Hard Not Life, which is such absolute good, banger. Such a good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to refrain from saying banger, but it, <laughs> it is a really good song. Like I remember doing it. Um, I did lots of stuff like with dance schools and like singing schools and stuff when I was a kid. And like, I remember doing it in that and loving it. And yeah. like, yeah, Annie was great. Um, so good. Was such good. <laughs> Absolutely. I like, I was just all over it. I like, absolutely why, love them. The fact when they, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen the remake, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not Annie. Like, it's, it's a good film. Yeah. And that, like, I can see why like my niece would like to watch it and stuff. But then I saw her the other day and she was watching the, the original yeah and i was like yes well done it's hard to put like older films in front of kids now because they're like oh that's like, so, what's that? so different it's like they, they they won't get it but it's kind of like honey was great and like so good and oliver twist that was another oh, that was oh another yeah, yeah. Sound See, of those, music, uh, but like, i was such like a, a fragile child like <laughs> li- little bits of those films really scared me like the bit on the bridge with annie really oh, scared me yeah i hated that and like and then Fagin, not Fagin, um, Bill, Sykes. Bill Sykes in Oliver was oh, terrifying. He, he was a monster. Oh God, it's so scary. He was. Like, at 25 now, it still gives me chills. Like, how <laughs> horrible it's like. It's the like, bullseye, the dog. Yeah, just like, yeah. And like, but like, and he him, him, oh, him yeah. and Nancy, and it's just like, oh God, it's horrible. And it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. No. Oh, I love them. I love I love, Yeah. And like, I think, I think when I think of musicals, I don't think of Annie and Oliver Twist because it's like, those are so They're kind just, of wrapped up in my childhood. And they, like, they never like were musicals musicals to me no just part of growing yeah. up yeah I whereas agree. like when i think of musicals i think of like musicals i like now like cabaret and um west side story and, yeah. and things like that and you know I, i've kind of got a love-hate relationship with, with musicals but i guess yeah, i think everyone has yeah like you know kind of i went to see as part of my drama a level i went to see evita in the yeah. theater and it was oh i've never really clicked with that one i really love you know, not the really, really sad ones, but the really, like, ones that, like, emotionally, like, impact you for days. Like, Les Mis, don't talk to me oh, after watching that, because I'll just be crying. It's, see, Le, yeah, Les Mis is the ones, the ones I still haven't seen yet. Have you not? I know, and it's, you know, it's, it's bad. And, yeah, I, I kind of get references to it, because obviously it's so, like, intertwined with pop culture, and it's like... Oh, yeah. And Hamilton is one I really want to try and get into at some yeah. point, but it's because it's still on stage. It's like there's no like way to watch it. No, um, Lame is maybe I'll try and get Phantom into the Opera. Point. Was also it. another. We used to watch that all the time. I, there was a really terrible film version of Phantom of the Opera that I watched in the cinema once. Yeah, that with one of my friends, and she hated me afterwards because like. She didn't hate me afterwards. She just was really annoyed because it was such a bad film. Really, <laughs> yeah, it was so awful. It was like, wait, who was the guy? That like the the only, they've only really made one really big one, haven't they, in cinema? But oh, it I was used like, to watch that all the but time. But it was um, it wasn't like a stage version. It was like a film. It was version. a film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't I don't think it was that good. Really, I think that we've seen it on stage so many times, yeah. and it's just so good. 
post. always frightens me when they say they're making a film and you're like, oh. Oh, no, yeah. It's like, it's, if someone tried to make, make a remake of West Side Story now, I'd... I'd not watch like, it right <laughs> because it's like that that original is so perfect like you know even though the woman in it isn't actually singing but like you know that was kind of a you know if that but if that happened now there would be so much controversy yeah around it, wouldn't it? it'd be ridiculous but yeah. it was like it was part of the system oh and singing in the rain is another one talking of people who aren't singing the same songs oh it's like, well yeah and yeah. phantom then 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 do yeah but like singing in the rain is about that it's about people who can't sing themselves oh, so it's like yeah yeah and like it's always on at christmas and it's always a tradition that i watch singing yeah. in the rain at christmas i might have sub like subconsciously actually it's about it, but... so it's about when um it changed from silent films to films with sound in it. Oh, and it's no, like, it's really good. It's like got uh, Singing in the Rain in it, obviously. Oh, yeah. Like, I think um, everyone knows yeah, that yeah. song, whether and, you've and seen then it or not. It's a little bit similar to uh, My Fair Lady, kind of. Love My yeah, Fair yeah. Lady. That's another one yeah. that I watch all the time. So there's some ridiculous kind of numbers in it where they go off and it's like, completely abstract <laughs> like, what are you you're like oh okay I'm, uh, this makes no sense really but i'm into it like whatever um Go with so, the flow. it's so ridiculous it's like i love and musicals yeah and it's but at the same time it's like people can really hate musicals oh time. yeah like, like yeah and it's seen as such like a a thing for guys to not like as well mm. which it really confuses me because predominantly in musicals it's always there's always like a main guy in it like mm. the, the main well yeah you know and you, someone could argue that's like the the interest for women as well yeah like i um, suppose okay. or, or or gay men obviously but like i don't know it's just i can't i think maybe maybe it's because i am a female i can't see why guys don't like it but then obviously i do but then they'd be like, yeah, but you're a girl. That's why you like it. But then this is where I start getting like feminist. Hang yeah, on. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I always thought maybe musicals would be more popular than what they are. Mm. But I mean, they are ridiculously popular. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But I think with a certain kind of category of people, yeah. maybe it is opening up a little bit more. But, you know, I think. I think film adaptions, as much as some people hate them does bring in more yeah, definitely. of um, an audience for musicals and people are more mm -hmm. uh, lenient to watch it or kind of want to mm -hmm. see it then on stage after watching it on their screen at home. I don't know. Yeah, We've I mean, always loved, like our whole family, like we, we've always loved them. So I think maybe just from looking into other people you just can't really understand sometimes yeah. i mean it's but it like like i said it's like it's really interesting when you said annie and like oliver twist like to me they don't jump out and scream musical at me because i always just watch them on film and like, yeah I, but even then i did see oliver in 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 a theater at one yeah. point and like and i think they did annie at my uh primary school and and that yeah we've always Mary done them Poppins with schools and and wizard of oz and things like that and it's yeah. like I don't know. It's like musicals seem, yeah, musical seems like such a dirty, dirty kind of, not dirty, but like negative thing yeah. in, in music. It's like, but it's not. It's like some of those songs are incredible. Like, yeah. yeah, oh, definitely. I think, like, I mean, some of them are terrible. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> some of them, yeah, some of those songs are horrendously bad, but then some of them are absolutely amazing. And it's like, it's this, it's the same with all music. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, exactly. To kind of dismiss a genre of music is kind of it's rubbish. Like, I've still I've got West Side Story songs on my iPod, and they're they're brilliant. Like, yeah, they're good. Moving on from that kind of first musical memory of 
of kind of musicals and and Fame Academy. Absolutely. I'm just going to go home and listen to Fame Academy songs now. (laughs) That's it, right? We're cancelling this. I'm going to go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you've got it on DVD or like a video. I will show you before you leave. It's so good. The artwork is just so funny. Oh, it's it's so awful, isn't it? It's like like bubbles. Yeah, it's like oh, it's hilarious. Um, But it's it's of its time. It's kind of you can't you can't fault it for that. Yeah. but I, I thought it was so kind of I think it was like after Pop Idol. So it was like that what that concept yeah. wasn't new, but at the same time the fact that you were mixing it then with the big brother element. They were all living together and Yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> oh, it was so it's yeah, it was really interesting. No, I really like and then and then and then you get you get singers in. I, I swear like I swear like X Factor and stuff copied that off Fame Academy because you get yeah, like singers in to work with them. Yeah, so good. God, they must have had a huge budget for it because in the first series they were like doing it in an arena every week. Yeah, that was amazing. I was like, you're doing yeah, these yeah. huge shows. How are you filling these these <laughs> arenas like every week with these people who are obsessed? But like, I guess you can't. You can do that, can't you? It's yeah. like when it's that popular. But then I think the budget got cut and they just had it in the the thing. But even then, it was great and. It's so just a good. shame that like those people who like David Snedden was the guy who won in the fifth. Oh, I can't believe I still remember his name. God, I was just about to say like how you remembered his name. I just had like a flood of memories come yeah. back just from that one. But like he won the first series and then just disappeared. Yeah, like where and, is he now? And Alex from the you second series is like <laughs> probably probably like still kind of you know playing at gay bars like 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 all the kind of <laughs> failed x factor voice people oh, do God, uh man. it's depressing it's a living it is you know but they, they you know it's there's plenty of roles people in the music industry now that so it's like i, I reckon but they, i never liked david Snedden. I, I was he was annoyed. like the kind of short one right with the brunette hair and mm. quite he, like he, generic um, looking yeah he he wasn't even even supposed to be on it yeah it's oh like my god, one drama. Of them, one I of them had a had a bad voice, like had a throat thing, and so she had to kind of pull out. So he yes. got in. And um Are you sure you didn't watch this the other day? No, honestly, <laughs> my memory is so vivid from it because it was like such a kind of big part of my life. Like it's kind of It changed me. It, well, no, I, I wouldn't say that, but it was like it was just one of those things that kind of you followed so closely because it was just like there's it was nothing like, else watching. like there at the time either was there exactly like... and it was like it was it was kind of <laughs> as addictive as Big Brother but with the kind of element that you didn't feel like you were wasting your life because you were because kind of getting into, yeah yeah and, yeah. It, and it was like music as well and it was I don't know at the same time I just remember it. I see I, I remember so much about it like they um a couple of them got to go to the Brit Awards because they like they would they had done so well in one week and they came back really drunk and pulled the Christmas tree down. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really annoyed because Ainsley didn't win because of David Snedden, essentially. And then he the, shouldn't have even been he there. He shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Anyway. If you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, David. You ruined our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really harsh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like I looked up Ainsley as well and like he's, he, <laughs> wrote, he wrote an album and like plays in like pubs around the country but you know you you know he's still got a dedicated following somewhere yeah somewhere in the world somewhere um it's like daniel (laughs) benningfield still got a dedicated following if you (laughs) can believe it really do you know actually it's funny you bring him up i went on holiday last year and um i was listening to one of his songs on repeat because i just couldn't believe how cheesy it was but it was so <laughs> catchy oh what's called if you're not the one yeah that was yeah that was like oh, his biggest hit wasn't it love it Apart i from absolutely love it this. and it's so they still cheesy. play gotta get through this at club stuff <laughs> yeah 
because it is such a he was a bedroom producer he made all that stuff himself like yeah. a lot of the drum beats are him beatboxing which is bizarre god that's good though i love it? yeah and i i did love david uh, david benningfield i didn't even know his name like <laughs> daniel benningfield daniel, I did, yeah. yeah daniel benningfield yeah i did love daniel benningfield and like it was one of the first gigs i went to was daniel benningfield was it his, yeah no CIA. he's a proper blast and it was first. seated <laughs> so lame like <laughs> the idea of going to a gig now and see like I really want to go see Queens of Stone Age and um, all the tickets, all the standing tickets sold out. So yeah. we were considering getting seated tickets. And I was like, could I actually go to a gig and sit down? Well, no. I just been to the Jacksons in Cardiff. Oh, yeah, that was, that was seated. And that was seated. It? And I took my mum and my nan and we didn't sit down really. It was, but then people behind us were sat down. Yeah. Like all like around us were sat down. So it was a bit like, do I stand because they can't see now though yeah. and then I'm like but I kind of want to stand because it feels wrong s- yeah, sitting just, down I think I think you've got the option to sit down I think that's the thing in case it? you it's need like, to but um, yeah I don't know what the protocol is because I literally will never sit down at a gig it's like, really weird feeling yeah, isn't it I don't think I've done it like you know at St David's Hall I went to a show a city in colour in St David's <gasps> Hall and everyone sat down for that it. it was so good oh it was amazing it was absolutely amazing um Although it was really Welsh, like he was just getting heckled and like like these people from the valleys who are really into sitting colour just like heckling him. And really? Like, it was really funny, like, but it was, yeah, it was wicked. And there's, there's, there's a line in um, one of his songs that's, I've seen a castle in Wales and the yeah. entire room just went up. <laughs> and a, like, It was amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. And it was like, I think you can like listen to it online even because they recorded it, but it was, it was such a cool gig. And the fact that it was sat down didn't matter. And it's an interesting experience sitting down at a gig. It is. It's, it's a thing I've got to bugbear against. It's like a different <laughs> thing about acoustic gigs, about people talking through them and stuff. But I think that's a different That tangent. is like, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. It's amazing. I saw, um, do you know Connor Couples and from, oh, he's, he's a promoter do. in Cardiff. He like works for. Um, he's got his own promotion thing, and he works for Orchard and and MJR and things. And he was tweeting last night about someone talking through an acoustic gig who uh, who like kind of represents the Save Wembley Street thing. And it was just uh, like really funny. Like, <laughs> it's true though. Coming being an acoustic artist myself, like obviously when we're playing showcases or stuff they're, they're really intense like mm. you have a room full of people just staring at you and you're like singing your heart out to all these people and then you get some people i've had before playing video videos on their phone and you're a bit like oh. um so then people are kind of looking at them quite awkwardly and they're kind of like like what are you doing like mm. you can you know watch a video go on your phone if you want do whatever you want but when the volume is on like max mm. and you've got some kind of dj backbeat on this video of whatever you're watching going alongside some sad like acoustic song on stage oh my god it's so distracting and obviously then when you say about people talking and you know everyone's allowed to chat to each other but yeah it's i i mean i really really hate it i hate it so much and like i have now started going to people at gigs and asking them to be quiet have you yeah (laughs) just i don't understand people who go to gigs and think it's okay to do that and like yeah, I, I'm all for people going to gigs and more and more people going to gigs, but there's a certain etiquette at gigs Definitely. you have to adhere to. It's like to. you don't go to the cinema and... Precisely. You, you would, know, Imagine going to see a play and someone's talking oh, through it. Like you, it's exactly the it's same the thing. Same. Just because it's louder or you maybe... I think it's because people... A it's lot of less people intense, think, I suppose. And also I think a lot of people consider music to be a background thing. Yes, pet hate yeah again and it's like i can't i mean yeah fine fine good for some people but like other people want to engage with that music and like 
Oh, I don't know. It's like... You know, if you were to be singing in a restaurant, you mm. know, that is background music. You are yeah. there in the background. You bring in um, element to the atmosphere. I suppose if you go in to a venue, a music venue. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, maybe it's a... You know, the the most extreme version of that would be like a cover band so you talk over. But it's like... Because that could be considered background music. Yeah, but it's... If yeah. you're going to a quiet show and talking over it, so not... Like, even a loud show, like... I've had, to, as a sound engineer, I've had to push volumes because people are talking over a loud band. Really? They're actively talking. It's like, okay, I understand going to see a band could sometimes be a social experience. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> so, a social experience as where you could say to your mate, oh, I love this tune. This like, is this tune. is wicked. And you you carry on singing or whatever. Yeah. I suppose it's it's hard because when you go see someone in a arena mm. you can chat as much as you want because people can't they, they can't hear you but yeah, you can still no, like I, sing I, and I stuff still, but i still can hear people in the reasons <laughs> yeah, i suppose i'm just like me, yeah. i just get so lost at a concert yeah, in the music I, I am just so oblivious to what's going on i'm me. so easily distracted at gigs now though so are you so, yeah. i am at small gigs because mm. obviously it's a lot quieter but when you have like thousands of people around you singing the same words i don't really care what yeah. she's talking about i wish i wish i could be less distracted but it's just it's just because it's like it's so integral to my job and integral to my life like yeah. if i know it's anything going on i will immediately get distracted it. and it's like it sucks <laughs> <laughs> um it's because it's like something i've got to work on definitely um you know keep going off on these tangents so the second question <laughs> i asked yeah sorry is uh what's the first record you either bought or kind of chose for yourself hmm. probably not the one i first bought mm. i feel like i feel like a bad musician when i say that i don't know the first album i bought probably because i was so young but it, at the same time it's i think you know as a kid you don't necessarily have the money to buy your own records no. so you will kind of get money from your parents to kind of or they will buy yeah. it for you i remember the first album that I can truly remember and that I knew every single word to was Avril Lavigne. Like, do you know what? Alary oh had exactly the same answer. Did she? Yeah, let go of Avril Lavigne. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the, Such, that's the record. Again, like, I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Ha <laughs> um, But it's such a good album. It's so it's good. so good. And I was like, with Alary a day. Um, we were driving back from Cardiff and she put it on. And I haven't listened to that for a good 10 years. Yeah. Straight away, I knew every word. Exactly. Every same. single yeah, word. Same. It doesn't leave you, same. ever. And having a record that, like... I think we used to value records so much more and be able to know all the lyrics yeah. to record. But, like, even some albums that I love now, like, I still don't know all the words to because I just don't sit down and listen to them enough on yeah. repeat. And, like, I used to love having a CD player that I would just, like, listen to CDs over and over again. I used on. to have a little Walkman. Yeah. Like, that you put your CD in. And another actual album was Dido, uh, White Flag. yeah loved that album that was, that's a pretty like that's old that, was, that is older <laughs> like i don't know if that was before Avril Lavigne. i don't know i think it's probably around or, the same time yeah that i think that was the time where i i started being like i really actually do like listening yeah to like i said earlier albums a whole i love listening to loads of different songs not just whatever's on the radio mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, if I look back, like Maroon 5, l- Songs About Jane. Yep. Great record. Classic. Love that. I don't know how how long ago that was. I, I think Probably, again, I think at the I same time. I think a time. little bit later, maybe, yeah. maybe around that time. So around, time. they're like the first kind of things I loved. And obviously Taylor Swift, I, mm. you know, 
been there since the last 10 years I've loved her stuff so I that is again I think was the same time but then that was country 100 yeah, yeah, country yeah. so that kind of didn't re- when I think of like the Avril Lavigne and stuff like that I don't think of Taylor Swift being there she's always just kind of been the there's just an album you get yeah, the album yeah. every time no matter what because it's Taylor Swift but mm. um yeah that was probably around the same time as well so all those people but you think back and you're like they're really good they're still really good songs yeah they still stand up Def- against everything definitely it's like some albums that I listened to when I was really young I still listen to or listen to even more possibly yeah, yeah but then other stuff is like no this is terrible <laughs> like I used to really like this, uh, System of a Down and then because they've been kind of like having a resurgence recently because they've been playing festival stuff I went back and listened to some System of a Down I was like this is awful <laughs> this is so bad this is music for teenagers it's like it's like definitely not something i listen to now and it's like yeah. um kind who else of... did i oh busted mm, mm. loved them so much like i really haven't really got back into them since they kind of reformed but i kind of yeah. sounds like not that i didn't want them to kind of reform but it's just so it's nostalgic kind of... to have them of that era, isn't yeah, it? and like I used to watch them like on TV all the time. You used to do, like those stuff with like kids' channels, and I used to have a poster of them in my room. Like I think I cried for a good three hours when they broke up. I must have been about nine. I I was distraught. But then when they come back, it's almost a bit like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like they're selling out a little bit. Well, not even selling out, but like. You know, a lot of these bands came back. For me, it was um, kind of like the more kind of heavier stuff, obviously. Uh, like this band called Refused Reformed. And yeah. um, it's, it's a punk band from Sweden. And their breakup was so severe that you kind of thought, oh, they'll never get back together. Yeah. And then they did. And you're like, oh, hang on. How what does this work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, But then, to be honest, they did come back and kind of really were passionate about it and made a new record and stuff. Um, so I think when bands do that, then it's okay. But when it's obviously like a cash grab. Muck busted. Yeah. What is that about? Like, <laughs> I'm eye rolling right now for people that are listening. But like, when I saw, because I saw Busted Live, probably around the same time as Fame Academy, to be honest. Mm. Muckfly was supporting them and obviously loved them then because they were similar. Yeah, yeah. And now you think like, now they kind of just joined forces like, you always had thought Busted was like a one-up because they were like the guys, you know, they were the ones we went to go see and then McFly were like supporting them and they yeah. kind of like crossed over then. As you do in time, they do, they stayed together. Uh, yeah, they? yeah. Busted broke up and, and then they kind McFly of, carried on. They kind, kind of, of took, took, the, took the torch. Place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but it was interesting to kind of like, but with Busted and McFly, it was, there was never that connection that I think there should have been between them and kind of, uh, like Blink-182 and things yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. That, uh, do you think that was there or do you think... Um, I don't know. I don't think I looked for that when I was mm. it's, interested it's interesting. in them. Yeah, because it's interesting because you would hope that that kind of led people on to more interesting... Yeah. Not, well, more, yeah, definitely more interesting music. Like, you know, Blink-182 is that kind of like band that you can get into and then get into more punk music yeah way. it's and like a crossover yeah really, isn't exactly it? crossover artist but i don't think mcfly and busted ever kind of did that no did, no they were happy where they were like and they were like oh we're a guitar band but we're pop and like they never talked about their influence. interest yeah it was like that's who they were and we didn't really know anything else mm-hmm. about them whereas you know like some artists make pop music but they really love like 
some kind of indie rock, yeah, whatever, like you know, totally different from what they make. I don't think if you don't kind of know anything about the artist apart from what they do and what music they've mm. made, you are slightly less. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, one of the artists that that do that that I kind of really appreciate, I don't, I don't really like her as a person. It's Haley Williams from Paramore, yeah. and like there's a whole I could talk for hours about that. <laughs> but um, I like I mentioned that band Refused earlier, and she is into that band and At the Drive-In, which is another punk band. Yeah. And like they're influenced by those kind of bands, and so when you do delve into those artists and kind of find out their influences, and then you kind of get switched on to other artists through that and I think that's really important from you know a perspective of someone who wants kind of young people to get into more interesting music yeah uh, and I think you know you kind of have to wear your influences on your sleeve otherwise people are gonna just stick with the same kind of boring music all the yeah time. yeah I like I think as well like, even like as an artist like myself now trying to change my sound from like the last record I did this new one is so like not totally different obviously I'm still songwriter mm. and singer songwriter and you know acoustic guitar but the element to it is different like the the way the, the things I talk about the things I like the way I speak about it is different and like you've got to kind of have that change over. yeah that evolution yeah, yeah. um and it, yeah I think that's really interesting and I'm kind of as someone who is kind of working for Forte and you, you being an artist on Forte, we do really want to develop that because initially, like one of my first kind of notes on you when I went to Spike, who works for Forte, was the thing I said at the beginning, which is you have to set yourself apart. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, you, you're already aware of that and you're already doing that, yeah. which is fantastic. And kind of, you know, having someone just play an acoustic guitar and sing is kind of like a dead format like it you is. said um you know may, may, maybe maybe that. yeah maybe maybe someone could turn around and, and turn out something beautiful but at the same time yeah it's kind of people want a bit more than that it's 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 enough for people to love you and want you to play <laughs> in shows weddings parties listen to you now it's not enough to create a, a big enough fan base or a big enough audience that people are want going to keep coming back all the time because if it's just me and a guitar eventually it is just going to be me and a, and a guitar yeah. there's, there's no development there and I think it's nice to have stuff on on a record that you wouldn't normally hear live where if I you know it's you need to be you need to be different good and I'm, I'm glad you you recognize that oh, yeah. yeah definitely and like when I first started like two three two three years ago I didn't even want a drum beat on a track. <laughs> I did not want anything. I was like, nope, just me and a guitar. And now I'm like, yeah, let's get that synth on. Let's get this. Let's get some jingle bells. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> everything. It's not like Christmas yet? <laughs> it's always Christmas. <laughs> so kind of linking to that, when did so kind of having that Avril Lavigne record? When did you kind of um, start <laughs> learning guitar or singing or I've, what do you think? I've always played piano. Like I think I had pianos from when I was about six. Everyone played has played piano. At yeah, some point. at some point, yeah. I had piano lessons um, for ages, and I did drama after school. I did, you know, music for in school, and I just enjoyed it. Um, I'd always, always, always audition for school shows, and I never get a part <laughs> ever. Do you know there was one year they were like, um, "Yeah, you can do makeup, makeup." behind the scenes before the show starts so anyway yeah that That's kind of horrible. drove me yeah and yeah 
but I always went back for more every year. Mm. Try and try and yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. You have to. And like, oh, it it, do, it does get you down, but then you just think, mm, you know, whatever. I think, yeah, I, I was like that as well because I always was interested in, in performing and kind of singing and, and acting and stuff. But I... I don't know if it, I was wasn't any good at it, or I looked weird, or like yeah. I wasn't as confident. But you know, I I could sing, you know, before my voice broke, and um, <laughs> I learned how to project when I did like uh, acting stuff at um, the Sherman Theatre in Cardiff, and like so people would be really surprised when I could when I start singing and I just like project <laughs> it across the room, and be like whoa, and like, <laughs> yeah, I never got a good part in anything. No, ne- no, normally never. I did like. Um, you know, I always went to choir just to, just to try <laughs> and get some sort of like was get something from like you know my my tutors or my teachers at school. So then I did I'll come to GCSE, did my GCSE exam, did my A levels, did music and drama in both of those. What well, I started learning guitar, I think I was about nineteen, eighteen, mm. end of school, end of like um, you know sixth form, and I started doing like open mics and singing for my, one of my exams. I remember one person said, oh, you, you can't sing for your performance exam. And I was like, I can. And I did. And I had A in the end. But yeah. it, it was the fact of them being like, no, no, I, I don't think you should sing. I think you should do piano. Stick with what you know. And I was like, yeah. I'm much better at this than piano. Mm. But then just from that, and I started doing open mics. And my first open mic, I was like, right, I'm going down to open mic now. My mum and dad were sat in the lounge. And my dad was like, what? Why are you taking your guitar? He's like, Rebecca, don't let anyone borrow that guitar. That was really expensive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, no, I, I I might play it. I'll just take it in case I want to play. So I see my dad looking at my mum a bit like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So I leave the house and my dad then phones my brother, Pete, go down and watch your sister. Make sure she doesn't make a fool of herself, basically. So I'm down there. Didn't even know my brother was there. He was just like at the back. And then playing, I, I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go do it now. Why not? So then I'm playing and I see my brother and he's on his phone and he phones dad and he's like, dad, you should probably come down because she's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it. Oh. Every Thursday I was down there. Every Thursday. And But having the confidence to try and, like you say you wanted to do all these shows and stuff and like and the choir and stuff, but having the confidence and the awareness that you could do something on your own, I think is quite... I don't think it's as, it should be, you know, you should be able to talk to teenagers in, in high school and be like, you can do this on your own yeah. if you want. You don't need other people around That's you. That's exactly, well, I've, I started a business last year. Um, I teach guitar and piano mm. um, to kids after school and I don't submit them for the graded exams just purely because when I did it, I hated it. I wanted to quit music yeah. when I was 11. I hated it and mum was like, you're not, quitting you're, you're just gonna do it you have to deal with it mm-hmm. and now because i i teach the kids like that and a lot of them like not that they struggle at school you know what school's like it's just full of yeah crap full of crap yeah. bullies nasty things everything and they all kind of come here and they love it because there's no stress there's nothing and i feel like it should be like that yeah all the time at school music should definitely be music like, oh, should, yeah. yeah and like yeah music particularly because music shouldn't be you know another thing you have to learn and do exams for it should be something you enjoy exactly and like initially like i i played clarinet um and that's how Did I, learned, you? I learned music um those exams would stress me out so much they were I hated them they were so stressy and like oh 
and then I learned how to play guitar, and that was more something for myself. Yeah, and it's that's exactly it should what be it was music me. should be something for yourself. If you want to do those exams, if you want to kind of improve that, that's fine. But kind of take take it in, enjoy those things. That the, the only yeah. time I really enjoyed playing clarinet was when I chose to play a song I wanted you know, to play. That is exactly how I feel. Like I'm really happy I did my exams and I I got the qualifications and stuff. When it comes to practicing. Mum would be like, you're not playing that Disney mm. book, or you're not playing that Taylor Swift book until you have played those exam pieces. And that was a chore then. I had yeah. to do that. Whereas I really wanted a guitar. I really, really wanted one. I had one at Christmas. And I picked it up and I didn't put it down. And that was at my own will. I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I think that's that's and what I tell the kids I teach. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. You're right about that should apply to all education. It should. It sh- you should be enjoying learning things because I enjoy learning things now as yeah. a 25-year-old Yeah. because exactly. I choose to do you it. You want to learn... Like, I really want to learn another language. Really, really want yeah, to. I'd love to, just, like, having the time to do it. I'm, like, kind of halfway learning, learning French. That's I did good. French yeah. for GCSE and my A-levels. And it just... You, you stopped, don't you? went to uni mm. and... Now I'm a bit like, I don't even know anything now, but yeah. I'd love, to, I think it'd be such a waste to be on, be alive with so many languages around us and only know one. Definitely. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, when you're in high school, you don't appreciate just because it seems like so, such a chore. It's a subject, isn't it? It's yeah. not. And something... you, would, you would never think, oh, like when I'm eight, uh, when I'm 25, I'll... I want to learn more about the stuff and kind of think about doing more education yeah, and stuff because you're just like I want to get out of it as soon as possible, yeah. and that's such a kind of I guess I feel like quite privileged to say those things that though those things are accessible for us. But yeah. it, I think you know it's it's becoming easier and easier to kind of like you know go on Memrise or Duolingo or something on the internet and learn a new language yeah. for free. Like I mean, how crazy is it's that? Like mental. I, it's just like, I mean it's doing French teachers out of a job, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like learning a kind of, I I love the idea that you kind of were learning piano as as kind of a chore, and then wanted to do guitar as kind of just a passionate just thing. Really wanted to do it, yeah. That seems so important in music that it it is layered in that kind of thing rather than just you have to do it. Yeah, like exactly, and like you can get people they're like, I want my kid to learn this and this mm. and this, and then I'm thinking that's fine, you know, like I maybe my parents got me into piano lessons maybe i was like i want to play piano or they're like oh do you want to try an instrument or something um but then with that obviously made me musical enough for me to be like i'm gonna go pick up a guitar and i'm gonna teach myself everything yeah and like i don't you know the idea of kind of pressuring someone into you said everyone learns piano at some point yeah they do i think it's like like a grown-up fundamental i think one of my relatives was paying for me to do piano lessons and i hated it really i hated having to go there every week and do these piano lessons and like i wish it wasn't the case because like learning you know i learned enough about piano to be able to know where all the keys are on Mm. the keyboard and stuff and and you know i can't play two-handed but i can you know program stuff in if i want to so that's kind of a good basic knowledge yeah Um, definitely but at the same time it's like I don't know, like I, you know, my daughter, my daughter said to me the other day, I want to be a rock star. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Like this is the right influence I'm having on her. Like at some point you have to kind of turn around and go, it's really difficult. Yeah. Like, but I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pop star and like, I I've always that. wanted to be a pop star. Yeah, exactly. And you know that always, you don't want to kind of teach them out of it. Like you don't want to go, well, if you want to be a rock star, you have to learn this. You have mm. to sing so many hours a day. Like it's got to be something you enjoy. Yes, you can work hard at it. 
and but as soon as that becomes like a challenge or a task you kind yeah. of have to kind of go right yes I, I, am I enjoying this or is it kind of becoming is something horrible stressful? for me yeah. yeah and like I think that's why I stopped being in a band because it became a chore to me yeah um and you know now I you know my job as a sound engineer that still doesn't feel like work half yeah. the time that's the thing I uh, like everyone's like oh what time are you working what are you doing I'm like yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, forgot oh, oh, this yeah. is actually supposed to oh, be my no, job. Yeah, I do work. I do work. <laughs> like, what do you? Where do you work? And I'm like, I, do I? What do I say? Like, <laughs> I work in my house. <laughs> it's so it's so difficult to kind of when you've got a strange job like we do. It's kind of like really hard to describe. Like, <laughs> Me and Maddie were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's a job, but it's just what we're used to. It's so intertwined with your life. Yeah. So it's not. a j- it is a job, yeah. but it's not because it, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else anyway. We're so lucky and privileged to have jobs that we enjoy so <laughs> much. It's like, just like the idea of going to an office and working nine to five just like oh, kills me. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone out there yeah. who's, who's working that kind of job and like hating it. Like, Keep doing what you're doing. Do it. And, but just don't, just enjoy it. But there are life. people out there who love that and thrive off that. But it's just, obviously, we're we're very artsy people. We're very creative mm. so that's our area of expertise like, that yeah. is the word yeah. i was trying to remember <laughs> whereas someone else like i have no idea how to use computers all i know how to do is use like for like my music software yeah. and you know good old bit of online shopping and facebook <laughs> that's as far as i go but there's people out there who do like, incredible things but yeah the, but then they love that too so yeah precisely i yeah. mean you know i i'm so like in awe of people who can work those those jobs it's like Again, it feels like so, like such kind of privilege to say that, but at this, like, I appreciate those people because yeah. I could never imagine myself no. doing that. And, and then vice versa, I assume. Was yeah, I assume like people can go, oh, I can't believe you're doing that job. Like, yeah. I can't, I wouldn't be ever be able to do something like that. And it's like, eh, I guess, <laughs> I guess. You kind of have to appreciate at some points that you are doing something that other people can't do and like, you know, even even yeah. between us like i can't imagine going out on the stage and singing with on my own with a guitar like that terror that aspect terrifies me like it's, it's so i was such a nervous child like mm-hmm. i couldn't even if i would if i had to go practice my piano i would have every door shut i'd have the piano on the quiet pedal and the muted pedal nobody would nobody is allowed to listen to me ever and now i'm going out playing to hundreds of people mm. songs i've written myself about like the most personal things yeah. you can imagine and i don't get one ounce of any nerves it's really weird it's i think just... i think i think that's like such a kind of people can write off musicians as you know earning too much money but it's such a kind of thing where you like not literally so you metaphorically take your heart out and just go look here here is here is everything this is what happened yesterday (laughs) yeah like here is everything and like here is how i feel about stuff and that's why people relate to it so much and i love kind of listening to music where you go oh thank you for sharing that with me because it it makes me feel like good about my life or like i can i can appreciate that and the fact that you can put yourself out there somebody's willing to say how they feel definitely and i think that passion can be put amongst many things but i think you know putting yourself out there as a musician is kind of or an artist or a poet or whatever is so important and should be treasured by people and not kind of dismissed as like it's like it's not a real job like it is a job it's a it's a job that involves so much of your life that it's kind of you can't it's the the other thing about people who work office jobs yes you kind of work nine to five but 
when those hours are over, you don't have to think about that job. Yeah. Well, like, I guess, you know, it varies from job to job. But when you're a musician, you're always on. I'm always doing it. Like, for well, for instance, they say I'm obviously I'm doing my new record now in two weeks, two, three weeks. Every night I am upstairs writing mm-hmm. and then watch a bit of telly if I can, see some of my friends when I can. But whenever I come home, I have, I've come home to write or yeah. you know and then I'm lying in bed I'm thinking hmm what can I do now yeah or what you know or it's all there's always I'm always always working yeah I it's think. a 24-7 job yeah yeah exactly. it's always on my mind and obviously I teach music I studied music I sing music I write music everything is just that that's everything really yeah it is one of those jobs and it's like and you don't ever switch off and i think that not can be, at all that can really kind of affect your mental health as well i think yeah it's really... i 100 percent agree i get so stressed out or so worked up when i'm like if i say i have like writer's block i do suffer from that sometimes mm. and it's just a bit like you just need to go out and do something else because i think i wrap myself up so much in it that i, I just it's so hard to switch off, off. Yeah. from something like I find it very difficult to give myself days off. And me. Because, 100%. Yeah, because you kind of, you go, I could be doing something right That's now. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. And I explain this to people and they're like, you just need to calm down. And I'm like, I can't sit down in the day and not do anything. I feel like it's a total wasted day. And you also kind of go, what do I do now if I'm not doing anything? Yeah, like I should be doing something. It's... But then I also feel like, because I haven't got an office job, mm. I'm being lazy because I'm staying in the house. Precis- all day. And it's like exactly it's, it's a it's a it's, it's a split a, thing. It it's like you kind of going, oh, like I'm so like this job is like so kind of oh, I'm not doing anything, but at the same time you are just doing every like <laughs> yeah. that's the thing because it's always on your mind. You like you don't ever have a break and kind of yeah. you don't you can't really go. Oh, I'm working this many hours. You're kind of splitting like all your time between these things and it must be the same for you kind of um doing different music and and then the promotion side of it and the yeah. kind of things like that and it's um and then teaching and stuff like that but i think you know it's it's really important that you know musicians find a different outlet for their work rather than just putting it all into the yeah, kind of side so and i really like the your kind of philosophy on teaching people and not having them do grades like yeah i just teach them Obviously, they go through like courses and stuff, but it's just learning. Yeah, it's and it doesn't, you don't feel like you're pressuring them into Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. We could be on the same page for months if they really struggle with it. But as long as you're learning something every week, and mm. yeah, it's, it's too much, I think, sometimes. Yeah. So, with, with your music, when you, so you started off doing those open mic things, were you playing your own music or were you? No. No. Whatever. So, actually, I possibly did like, play one or two i had a level deadline and i needed three more minutes of my composition because i'm i mastered in composition yeah i had to have 30 percent more composition than anything else which i wasn't aware of till like <laughs> two days before so the night before i was like right i'm gonna have to write a song yeah. I, I can't do anything else i haven't got software in the house to you know like midi keyboard i didn't have any of that then yeah um i have to write a song and record it on my phone so I wrote a song and everyone really liked it. And they were like, did you write that? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was so <laughs> embarrassed, yeah. so embarrassed. And then that was it. That was it. I just started writing other things. A few people wanted to work with me from the college and they were like, do you have any songs? I was like, oh yeah, I guess. 
And then, so that was like another thing I had to be like, oh, I'm going to have to write a song for that. And then it, yeah. it just became, it just took over. I just wrote about everything and anything. But it can be, yeah, it can be quite a, a change going from a kind of world where you will play other people's music quite a lot yeah. and then having to do your own stuff. Yeah, and now I just play mice full time. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, it's strange. Like open mics, I'd always just sing. Ran, you know, covers because it was so relaxed and it was, to be honest, I, I never thought I would ever have done it anyway. Um, but yeah, now it's just like all my own stuff. Yeah. I, and so the first time I saw you play was at, was in the gate in Cardiff for a competition. Were you there? I was. I was doing um, lighting, Were oddly you? enough. not. I wasn't doing sound because they had their own sound engineer come down yeah. and do everything. But I was doing lighting. I was helping him out with the stuff that was in-house. It was just kind of like a random one of these random tech jobs you just yeah. pick up. And like I think it was an interesting day of music. It was incredibly interesting incredibly interesting we didn't get to see anyone else perform really we were like locked in a room at the back absolutely dying so it was so hot we didn't get to see anybody oh my god so that so you had no idea what the rest of the the day was like no it was very strange <laughs> obviously i saw sound checks of yeah. everybody mm. which gave me a lovely insight mm-hmm. but um I was really annoyed. Yeah, I was really annoyed because that day was Soon Festival, and I had to work there <laughs> instead of going Soon Festival. Really? I was like, uh. oh, <laughs> but like, no. so it was kind of like I'm watching all these people do awful songs of their own, awful cover songs, and then you came on, and I was like, finally, <laughs> <laughs> someone good, and I was like, great, and I like went on your Facebook page immediately, I liked you, I was like, oh. great, wicked, and then, and then I think I just kept seeing stuff about you and. Because I think you've got quite a good support system. I do. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have a very good support system, uh, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, I've seen it a lot with kind of younger artists because I work with a lot of young musicians like growing up. um, And, you know, you do get kind of parents involved who are kind of (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, um, who (laughs) kind of a bit pushy and a bit. But I think with your dad, it's kind of like, He's just more proud of he you. He is so proud. So, so proud. And I love it. I do. I, I absolutely love it. And like people come up to me like on random like nights out or something. They're like, oh, I have your dad on Facebook. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick of seeing your face. And I'm like, I can only apologize, but he's doing a good job if you're yeah, obviously yeah. getting the messages. That's, and it's so lovely. And it's like, that's that's a good thing to do. And, you know, and the fact you have your own separate voice away from him, but he is kind of yeah. like he is helping you out, and like, yeah, he is. that's cool. It's like he he's really, he does all like my um, PRS, you know, all that kind of the background stuff, which is so difficult. Like, yeah, he I know. Does a lot for me. He does help me out a it's, lot. It's tough. It's tough to kind of sort that stuff out if you're not really kind of of that mind. And you, I really want artists to kind of focus on the creative side rather than the business side yeah like, it yeah, gets do, too you, overwhelming you do have life. to balance it but at the, at the end of the day like the most important thing is creating and so if yeah. you've got that kind of support in in place then it's it's really important so yeah and i think i'm trying to think if so i i kind of knew that you were playing different yeah. things i think maybe you played hub festival after that um i'm not sure if you no did. i haven't played no? hub also oh, i'm okay. really excited because i obviously yeah so year. i have 
Are you playing? Are we allowed to talk about I that? Don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You can cut that out if Okay, not. yeah. I don't know if that's been announced yet. I will cut that out. Okay. Um, but obviously you're playing Hub Festival on, on my stage, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm really um, looking forward to that. Yeah, and Hub Festival is kind of so interesting because it, it, it is one of those kind of street festivals where you can dip in and out of different yeah. music. But it's I, so, I haven't been to Hub. I didn't, I didn't go last year. It's so localised and it's kind of, because there can be it's really hit and miss sometimes like obviously all the bands can appeal to different people and obviously it's really booked really interestingly yeah. um you know obviously my stage is the best but um <laughs> like i was talking about earlier with someone it's like tuning a radio um and you can jump from venue to venue and hear different music and yeah you can jump ship so much and yeah and it's, it's like so it's like oh i'll listen to a song in this place and, and i think you know, I did. I went to Focus Wales this year, and what I did was I just went to see all the bands that I knew, yeah, and or like had heard of and was interested in, and it was kind of. I think that was a really bad way of doing it. I suppose because you, you just don't. Then you don't find anything new, and it's like, oh mate, yeah. like. Th- so the the best way to go about it, I think, is try and listen to things in advance. You know, they put a playlist up and you you can go through it and find eyes that sound interesting to you. And I think that's the best way of doing it. And um, those festivals are really, really interesting because you can do that and yeah. you can like discover new music like that. Kind of jumping from open mics, when did you start really going for gigs? Do you remember? Um, so I played that night, the first open mic I did. Um, my brother's friend kind of runs a hotel in, in Fourth call, like did mm. all like, the music and stuff. He was like, "Oh, um, we do showcases there. Do you want to come do one?" So I was like, "Whoa, okay, uh, that was huge for me then." And I was like, "Oh <laughs> my god, like, yeah. oh my god!" And um, then I started just playing loads of both mics, and then weddings. I played at one of my friends' weddings, and then that um, can be quite a nerve wracking experience. Like, yeah, imagine. I played as she walked down the aisle. Oh my! And god. I had never played a gig before. Oh. Bearing in mind, like she's one of my best friends, so I was trying not to even look at her because I'm such an just emotional like, person. Cry, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, so that was just intense. But like, I'm glad it was her wedding first. Yeah. Because if it was anyone, like I love doing it weddings now. I'd absolutely love doing weddings. It's, cool. it's so different from doing playing a like a yeah, music yeah. venue, which. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just, it's nice to kind of separate a bit, mm-hmm. like just to yeah. bring something else to someone's wedding, I guess. But um, as opposed to the, doing gigs, like my first, like in Cardiff, well, I think, no, I did, I moved to Cardiff in the summer. I started playing to study. Um, yeah. So I started going to Porter's over mic, which was so different from over mic down here because Porter's actually had a lot of people in there. Yeah. And that was nerve wracking. And I just think, the more I was there, it was just, you know, started doing gigs with the uni and then I'd have people outside the uni like saying, hey, I've, I've seen you play at Porters, you're really cool. Can you come and play mm-hmm. at like um, club or can you come play at Goody Who? And that's when it started getting... That's cool. And like, like I that. think so, I think those open mics are kind of, for me, I think I've talked about it before on the um, third podcast I did with Mike Dennis about how as someone who was so kind of, picky about music yeah going to open mics can be really hit and miss for me like you can see some really amazing things at open mics but you can see some really terrible things oh, at open yeah. mics. and so i i kind of i'm not a very good person for talking to about open mics because i wouldn't actively go out to open mics because it's it's my it's my job and like if i want to have a night out and relax then i will not go to something that's going to have music at it because that's that to me unfortunately to me now that's work yeah but 
at the same time i probably should go out and see more acts on open mics because then that's how you discover something new and i think that's really cool that 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 is how you kind of started getting gigs and i think that's really important to know that those things are still important Mm. um i said you have to you have to go and put yourself out there you have to you can't just be like i want to play gigs so i'm just gonna yeah you can't expect it to happen happen straight away no no definitely not i think that's you know that that naive feeling kind of i remember that being in bands being like why is no one booking us it's like because you've got to put yourself out yeah. there like you have to kind of get on as much stuff as possible at first even you have to just like throw yourself at them really and be like look i really want to play yeah like this is all my stuff i've done send them all these links yeah, yeah. like i really like the stuff you're doing let me come and play for you and i and so one of the things that brought you to my attention again was when you emailed me about playing the card music awards oh yeah and i was like okay that's pretty <laughs> bold all right cool um i literally i'm a very persistent person yeah and that's like you know if you don't ask you don't get and like Definitely. great and you know i i was reluctant about it because putting a solo act in front of that many people in tramshed or like whatever it, it was going to be no it was tramshed at that point but it was like it's very it wasn't as because i didn't think you were good enough because i did think you were good enough yeah it was because that's not really the environment for that oh, kind no, of music. Yeah. Um, but I still appreciate it all the same. And it's like, and I and I was really, really happy that you were nominated for a couple of things and then won yeah, uh, so happy. an award. And like, that's kind of a testament to the fact that, you know, I hadn't heard of you the year before. Like, and it's... it's yeah, I think last year just was really like full steam ahead. And we just, we did, we've done really well. We just... I say we because it, it, yeah, it wouldn't be without just, my dad. Yeah, it's not just you. But um, yeah, you've just you just got it. You just got to throw yourself at people. You have to be bold. You can't just sit like like you said. You've got to be different. You have to self, mm. set yourself apart from other people. And if it means that I have to be, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve and go out and do all these gigs and just message everyone I can, somebody will eventually be like, okay, right, I'm annoyed with you now. Yeah, I just yeah. got to give you a chance and maybe you'll shut if up you then. Put, if you put yourself out there and you kind of, you do that, then you are going to get gigs. Like, you know, first, yes, you've got to have the confidence to do that and you've got to have the, you know, resolve to get knocked mm. back a yeah. million times. And, you know, it's horrible feeling. It but at the same time, it's like when you do get that breakthrough, when you do get someone booking you, when you do, it's the same for like life in general. It's like, you know, I applied for, I've applied for a million jobs to do with tech. And once you do get that response, it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, come in front of you, you feel so much better You're about like, it. Thank yeah, you. yeah. And it's like, yes. it is worth it in the end. Yeah. And like, uh, it's, it can be, it can be a long process, but at the same time, it can be very rewarding mm. if you kind of put the, put the hours in. But I think even like after so many people, so many people do say no, they, they're like, sorry, like, you know, or, you know, some people just don't even reply. But sometimes you kind of, the people that say no, kind of make me want to ask more like because you just you're thinking well okay never mind try didn't work out i'll try again as someone who has to say no to a lot of people as kind of someone on the the receiving end of that like it is horrible Mm. like i know i know it's kind of people think that you know we're just like cold people that aren't gonna (laughs) they're just like oh you don't care but like there is there are reasons behind it and then you know, oh, if, yeah, if a name okay. comes up enough and you see enough good things about someone, then you will get in their good books. Like a lot of bands that I've gotten into, a bands that when I first heard, I hated. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but like there are <laughs> yeah, certain do there are certain acts <laughs> that like from from around South Wales that I couldn't stand and now I love. Really? So 
you know you just have to keep going at it yeah, and you like do. you have to kind of work out what is why something isn't working why something is working and I can be as humble as I want and say that you know oh it's like I, I've got no influence or anything but I think I am now like yeah. it's weird that you, you kind of I started off in the music scene as someone who was just like really on the outside and trying to do what you were doing and kind of putting yourself out there mm. and now to be on the other side of it and seeing those people wanting to come to you yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that yeah. because if you don't put yourself out there how the hell am I going to find you exactly. how the hell is anyone else going to find you yeah, and then exactly. I put people in front of other people who I think are more influential and that's how it works yeah. and I think you know that's my advice to everyone out there is just do stuff yeah I like people have asked me like, what would you say to someone in your shoes five years ago? I'd be like, do exactly what I did. Like, mm. just keep keep going. Because obviously, you're successful. Mm. Yeah, you are though. <laughs> you are. You are. You are. You're. You are. Like, you won an award for your EP. You're on the Forty Project. Like, yes. And you're getting gigs. And you you played the Millennium Center the other week. That was really which fun. is amazing. That was so. Which do you, is know, you know, I said Not, you know, don't get nervous. Yeah. I was very very nervous. Yeah, but like I got to put that in in context. Like that's not millennium center like in the foyer that's in the main <laughs> bit of the flipping millennium center yeah, that, like it, it was... that's amazing and like it's, i'm so happy that you get the opportunity to do things like yeah. that and there's i'm sure there's going to be hundreds of more things like yeah, that. yeah i think that's the thing like when people are like oh you, you're really successful you've done really well i think i just like no matter what i do that I, there's always something more it's that i want to do and it's so so prevalent in in musicians and creative people that yeah. perfectionist that strive and that's good because once you get to I think, I think i've said this before once you get to a point where you go i've oh yeah i've done it now then that's it it's over like there's nowhere else to go and, no, exactly. and then and then you've that's it you've given up the the, the mentality that you've got that you you know not quite there is the exact right mentality to yeah, have and i think definitely. that's really important so I think we've been talking for quite a while now. Yeah, we and uh, and I know you've got to get off to teaching a bit and we've got to maybe yes. record something. I think probably the weather permitting the fact that I kind of did want to do something outside, but I don't, I think, I think we're I just going to have to. that might be a bit of an issue. I think probably best just to record where we are at the moment, yeah. I think. The last two questions I asked, like yeah. I say I asked to the beginning, last, and I asked to, uh, it's kind of, these questions are something I think I really need to give people in advance because whenever I do it, they're always like, oh, I can't think of oh, anything. God. What's a kind of record or track or piece of music you've been listening to a lot recently that you really enjoy recently? I wanted to talk about this. Okay, great. Fantastic. I am obsessed with Lord's new album. <sighs> like, I have tears coming because it's that wonderful. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> Incredible. I, it's 40 minutes of pure art. I drove home from Birmingham, right? And it took me three hours. And I had it on track one to track 11. Yeah. And then it just, it was looping. And there's not one song I skip ever. It's just... I have one issue with that album oh no. though, which is uh, the end, the one that's too, I, forgot the, I love the concept of the song. But liability. No, no, no. Price. I love liability. Yeah. I love, no, no, no. It's, um, oh God. It's the one where she spells out the letters of it. Loveless. Yeah. That goes on a little bit too long for me. Really? Yeah. Just because it's like, it's one of those things where you go. It's a secret track, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, six. yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, Cause the, it's the second half of another song, isn't it? The and first one. Hard feelings. Yeah, it's my favorite on the album. Yeah, I but, absolutely. But it's love just it. like that song just goes on a little bit too long. That's my only yeah. issue with that entire album. But that album is so good, and absolutely. it's like it's been you know it's oh. been something I've been waiting for for so long because when um, Pure Heroin came out, 
I absolutely loved that album. Yeah. I thought that was a flawless album, but it was so basic. It was quite generic. Obviously, she's different. It wasn't generic, but it I was don't think. just like it was very, very. You kind of when you play it press play, you knew that song was going to be like that song for the the whole length of that song. I think with yeah, the new one, oh, definitely, and it's kind it's of a bit more so, unpredictable. Yeah, but like those songs were fantastic, and they were, but they were very basic. And obviously, it's kind of you know she's been a musician for so long. She's been a musician since she was fourteen, and yeah. then when she came out with that with that record, she was sixteen, which is. Annoying. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you how annoying that is. <laughs> but it's it's becoming that as su- like I just think as you get older, you kind of go, oh, these this person. But it's always been like that. There's always been young people kind of making music like yeah. that, and it's you do have to just go. I'm getting older. It's nothing to do with me. It's yeah. just the fact that they young people do do make interesting music and like that's fine like i'm annoyed that charlie xcx is the same age as me and it's like but you're so good <laughs> ah. like you're writing songs for for selena gomez and like all these other people that's are like you're making millions of millions of dollars like doing that maybe, maybe not millions but like probably and, and then still remaining incredibly badass at the same time yeah but like, like with well, lord it's like yeah you're right that album is fantastic it's, and um, I, I, uh, amazing absolutely uh, did amazing you, have you seen her at glastonbury yeah. Yeah. I bought tickets straight away to see her after that. Did you? I'm going to see her in Brighton in September. Are you? I'm so excited. I didn't even realize she was going on tour. Yeah. I think, but the, the, I think, I think that's them. like, it's weird that it's like, it hasn't, there hasn't been that many tickets yeah. sold for it. Um, oh, I'm going to buy some tickets. Definitely. As I, soon as I think this is she's not playing anywhere near Cardiff, annoyingly, but you know, that's always the case. But yeah. I think it's like uh, Manchester, Birmingham, London, Brighton. A couple of other places, but I wanted to go to Brian because I've never been to a show in Brian before, no, no, and because no, now I can drive, like it's just like such an easy possibility. Yeah. So, but yeah, that album oh, she's is just, she's I'm, just amazing, amazing, so I, different, and I yeah, I, but still so not like still so, so relatable. Main, like Green Light was like when that song came out, I was like, oh, this is different. Yeah. And then, like now, I love it, and like putting that on in a club is so much fun. Um, I love. And then, that song. sober is my favorite song on that album. Love sober. Um, I think I don't know. And then melodrama as well, and like oh, literally, yeah. I if I said I like this one, like I love homemade dynamite. Hated oh, that yeah. first. Oh, it's so good. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, what is this? It's so it's like then, so it's like almost like hip hop influence. Yeah, it's like, it is. I think that's so wicked. it so confused me at first, and now I'm like singing along to all the fast bits and I'm like yeah I'm really badass like yeah. you know, my, only, my only issue with it is like oh no no that it's not an issue as such but it's like when um Pure Heroin came out I played it for my daughter a lot yeah because she really liked like it was kind of basic and like, yeah. she could kind of she was you much younger then she was like that. she was two then so it was like, she, kind of, <laughs> oh she was like yeah it's so weird that, like and now <laughs> she's five and now I can't play um I can't really play a couple of songs of pure Aaron because of the swearing in it yeah but there's so much more swearing in in she's other released, drama like um a clean version. A clean version. Oh yes! All right, so I'll I go. I'll go find that now and download <laughs> it for it because like it's just such a good album, but there's so much swearing. Yeah, she has got a clean, a clean. That's cool. Whole I'll, clean I'll, album. I'll go get that instead then and put it on a CD. Um, but yeah, like, but again, it's like I was talking about this with Maddie in her podcast. Like, it's swearing that's kind of should be there. Like, yeah, like that line in Sober about. Uh, Jack and Jill getting fucked up, and like, yeah. yeah, and it's like, ah, oh, you've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love, yeah, and it's you're right. That's a fantastic, album and it's a good choice to kind of say that. Um, so then, then the last question is uh, also a very difficult question for some people. Um, Maddie said it was a lot. It was easy for men to answer because they rank things a lot more, okay. and I definitely rank things like I know exactly what 
this is. I know exactly. So what's your favourite record of all time? <laughs> so like a record I put in the car and my absolute favourite. Yeah. Still, I think it will forever be Taylor Swift, Fearless. Like I can't, it's just, I, I can't find anything. I think it's not even to do with the music anymore. I think it's the time, of, that time of my life. Yeah. And just, she helped me through so much stuff purely just from music or I think it was when I was just like still at school. I had a shit time at school. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't know. I'm swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a rubbish we, time at school. We've been swearing through the entire thing. It's fine. Yeah, have yeah, I? Yeah. No, well, no, we kind of have and haven't. I don't think we have actually. I think this is kind of a less... Uh, sweary one I've done before but yeah. I, I did just say that Lord lyric so it's kind of like um, but no like yeah that's it's just that kind of was my turning point I think where I like me as a person I was like no I'm gonna be nice to people I'm gonna stick up for myself I'm mm-hmm. gonna be like this I wanna be like I wanna be like here I wanna be nice I wanna you know and then that was when I just thought you know what forget everyone that's yeah made that's, my life and that's such crap. a good thing that can that a record can make you feel yeah, like yeah like in these it's so empowering and like i've i just love that i just love the songs on there they're just and i think that it made me want to do music it mm-hmm. made me want to do this forever yeah and i think like n- nobody will change my mind from that i i think that's a really important thing like people can i think taylor swift is you know, she's yes, she's incredibly successful, but I would think she's really underrated as a role model. People argue with me over her for loads of different stuff, purely yeah. because people like to not like her. Exactly, it's the same things we were saying about Ed Sheeran. Yeah, they they like to not like them because maybe they make them feel a bit shit about themselves because they're not as good as them at, <laughs> at certain things. But, or, or that that whole thing about her um, writing songs about men she's broken up with, like yeah, and like doing that all the time, like fine like i'm all right with that like, like they're yeah. good songs and you know what like <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry if you don't want me to write a song about you don't be mean to me yeah it's <laughs> like there's a lyric on the lord album it's like you shouldn't uh if you didn't it's about her aunt do you regret um oh, being with an artist yeah yeah kiss writer in the dark yeah my, my favorite lyric on it's the amazing album. it's like yeah oh, that, and you just put that like that lyric is put it's such a, in such a better way than I was trying to say, yeah. But you rue the day you kissed her right, in the, right dark. in the dark. I honestly like the the moment I hear that lyric, I like I'm surprised it didn't crash. I was a bit like, yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. You for sticking up for all of us. That yeah, we do write about certain things. Maybe you know my ex boyfriend probably doesn't want me to tell the world why I wanted to break up with him. But you shouldn't have made me feel like that in the first yeah. place. And if that is my job, <laughs> then that's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. It's kind of like. <laughs> I've never dated a musician. I bet you're so happy. And I'd be so terrified of doing it. Like, again, like, ooh, I, I don't saying, know. Like, people kind of like, like speak to me. Well, then I think of it like, I don't know if you're really going to want to talk to me for much longer. Like, yeah. people, people are scared to, like, not just singing songwriters, like poets probably as well have the same thing. Like, people are like, oh, I don't want you to write a song about me. Oh, she'll write a song about you. Like, people joke mm. about it. And I'm thinking, well... One of, one of the things I'm always interested in about musicians is that when you're performing a song, do you ever, obviously you kind of have those feelings when you write it, but do you ever yeah. kind of remember what the song's about and it, does it, yeah, yeah when you're time. playing it, yeah. all the time, does it ever kind of like stop you in your tracks or yeah. is it? Yeah, I think so, like certain songs, like there's like some songs I write just because it's a song, mm. some songs aren't even like anything, but there's some songs, and I think you, I think as an audience member, you know when it's emotional or not like you've seen people you know like 
Adele, like on Taylor Swift on tour. I saw her and she was singing um, a song and she was just like in tears. Mm. And I think it's so overwhelming. Like me personally, I'm a very emotional person anyway. And I've kind of taught myself to just file away that emotion. And then when you need it, bring it out, write a song about it. But then you have to put it away. You you can't dwell on things forever. Mm, Definitely. I think then when you do sing them live, sometimes it does creep up on you sometimes, but... I'm, and I'm so kind of like in awe of people who can put themselves out there like that because I hate the fact that I am a sound engineer who is still makes his own music and but no one will ever hear my songs because I'm so scared of like because really? they're so personal that yeah. like I don't I want to share them I don't think I'm a good singer like I'm not sure the instrumentation but you always have those doubts I you? feel like that every day yeah like, yeah I, and it's I like have occasionally if I'm drunk enough I'll share it with someone <laughs> and like they'll be like oh this is quite interesting and I'm like yeah I guess but at the same time I'll never this stuff will never ever see the light of day it's just yeah. something for me but those songs are so personal I can never like if those people heard those songs that I'd written about them they would kill me see, that, this is the opposite I'm happy when people hear the song I've written about them because I'm like yeah I'm like well that's that's what you get Full circle. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can write happy songs about people. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah I'm not like a bitch. Like, I, <laughs> you know, if you're nice to me, like, yeah, I'll probably write a nice song about you as well. But just so happens I haven't had much luck. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think like if people have written songs about me. I think I remember like when I was a teenager, someone did, and I was quite flattered in a way yeah. that you can kind of have such have such an impact on someone's life that, that they were writing so song, song about you. Yeah. But again, that also cannot be sometimes can't be a good someone thing someone wrote a song about me once i think it was a nice one but i remember them playing it at an open mic and i was a bit like oh my god it's about me yeah and i was like why the hell have you written a song about me <laughs> i was like what like we like, were definitely yeah. on different pages it's interesting and i think it's kind of yeah it's like that that whole thing is it's really really kind it's of just surreal isn't it i guess yeah i remember seeing this guy called get kate where kate fly it's an amazing <laughs> kind of name yeah, for a band. Like, yeah it's like it's, and he did a couple of really amazing albums and um i saw him in spillers and he spillers records did it in store um when it was still the old spillers records really? when it was still on a, on the haze um and he was saying that he we're writing all these songs that are really personal and then just like losing these friends because like no they'd way. hear these songs and they'd be like, you can't write things like that. And, but if you're an artist and you need to, you need that outlet. And I think so many people kind of, it's such a privilege as an artist to be able to do that Yeah. because you know, the, the everyday person who isn't a musician or a, a poet or an artist or something like that doesn't have that outlet. Yeah. I always wonder people who don't, write or you know creative in that kind of way what do they do with all their emotion yeah. like what do you do with it because i struggle now like and i i throw mine away yeah. i throw mine at everybody i have you know yeah it definitely is kind of like where do you put it where do you put it yeah i mean i used to you know write a blog on tumblr a lot and that's where i used to put love it that. yeah yeah I but like tumblr. i i i completely get like i didn't give it up but i just didn't have the time for it anymore like yeah. and then putting those emotions out and now i kind of put them out in a really kind of bad way like i put them on facebook or twitter or something and that's not the way to do it but i can't sit down and write a song anymore because i don't have the time mm. i wish i could like i've got the capability there but it's just like you kind of have to it's one of those things where when you write a song it's like you don't sit down. And, I mean, you can, you can sit around, down and write a song, but the best stuff comes out of spontaneous feelings. Definitely. And then you kind of, you go, oh, I need to write a song and you set it all up and it's like takes ages. And then if you, if you got the time to do that, then great. But yeah. with me, 
I never have the time. I'm the same. That. Like something can happen like that in my life, and I'm like, oh wow. And I, I'd sit down and be like, oh, and I'd write one straight yeah. away. Whereas there's one I've been working on for weeks, and I still haven't finished it. And I'm like, it's because it's it's gone now. The feeling's gone. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, but I'm sure you can come back to it. Oh, I'll definitely come back to it. Like, and I, I could finish it now if I want to, but it I wouldn't, wouldn't want right. to rush that. Yeah. Like, the, the emotion of the first half of the song would be different from the second half. Because yeah. I've been, I'm in a different place. You can, so. Yeah, if you can kind of get yourself back into that place. Maybe and that's what I meant by like filing it away, come yeah. back to it, go, you know, revisit what, how you, the way you were then. I think it's interesting to when when I'm doing these to talk to people who write quite different types of music. So I'll I'd talk to people who rap or people who kind of produce stuff. But when yeah. it comes down to it, there is a really different way of writing music yeah. for different people. And like some people can see it as a as a task, but other people can see it as a kind of outlet. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really important to know the difference between that. Anyway, I think that kind of sums things up. It's a good yeah. place to end it, and then. Let's kind of set up a little recording thing. We can f- cool. we can film and record something. Lovely. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And here is the track we recorded straight after that interview. Uh, this is Waves by Rebecca Hearn. Running down my face, always the same Tell myself it's the last time Won't be changing my mind You don't get to rewind all your mistakes And your hands locked on tight A strong tangled vine I could not escape your pain I scream and I shout, no words could come out At least you made me feel that way So stay this far away Watch me sail away Watch me sail away And keep your hands at bay Keep your distant gaze Did you safe in the waves babe looking back over our time you would always catch fire you don't get to be my moth to the flame Sleeping with your outrage kept me awake And it's hard to believe that I couldn't see I was playing with a loaded gun So say what you want, believe it or not The bravest thing I did was run So say this far away Watch me sail Watch me sail away And keep your hands at bay Keep your distant 
So thanks to Rebecca for having me in her house in Portugal and recording that with me. You can see Rebecca at Hub Festival. That's the last weekend of the month and she'll be playing on stage that I'm hosting, which is in the tiny rebel Cardiff. And that will be from about two o'clock. So make sure you come down and check that out. Cause I know I keep plugging it, but it's a good lineup. Just kind of announced a different band that it was originally Chroma was supposed to play, but they're now playing Reading and Leeds Festival, which is amazing. And I, I kind of, I want to kind of catch up with them after that. So hopefully we'll do a podcast with Chroma soon. You know, on that lineup is uh, the Echo and the Always, Oldest Fawn, which is Dominic Griffin, who hopefully will be having a podcast. Yeah. So I skipped a week last week, and that was something I kind of promised that I'd never do with this podcast. But unfortunately, things kind of added up this month, and it just uh yeah kind of we were trying to arrange to have a session me and dom to kind of finish up his podcast and get it out that didn't end up happening and then the time spent on a podcast wasn't something i really have these podcasts take about four or five hours to edit and uh, that was not time i had last week so unfortunately that couldn't happen hopefully these breaks will be very very sporadic like this is the first break i've taken out of you know done 10 podcasts in a row 10 weeks in a row so hopefully i'll try and keep those to a minimum i get really annoyed when podcasts miss a week so yeah sorry about that um continuing with the hub festival thing who else are playing we've got rebecca hearn so rebecca hearn's next on that kind of lineup. parks night rooms who i've been working with quite a lot recently with the 40 project cuckoo who the band we just announced i'm kind of excited to see them we've also got tetrahex and Chu and Aronson and um yeah so I'm really excited about the lineup and I'm really excited about Hub Festival in general. If you're in Cardiff on that weekend, why go anywhere else? Um so yeah I will catch you next week. I'm not sure who the podcast is gonna be with next week. It could be with Dom Griffin, aka Old Spawn, or it could be with Aladrion. It'll be a surprise that'll happen next Wednesday, same time. If you keep an eye on the Facebook or Twitter, you'll find that out. Yeah, and then the week after that is the 30th of August, and that's when I'll be releasing a Hub Festival special. So hopefully I'll be going around. Well, hope not hopefully. It's going to happen. I'm not doubting myself. I'm going to go around interviewing acts from the weekend and recording some bits of sets as well. So that'll be kind of a bit of a 
bit of an experiment, see if I can do an outside broadcast, as you will. Yeah, that should be quite fun to do. And yeah, if you're coming to Hub Festival, definitely check out the stage at Tiny Rebel on Sunday between 2 p.m. and 11 p.m. Tiny Rebel is also known as Urban Tap House for those who are still kind of calling it that. And uh, I kind of had to give it its official name because, you know, stuff. But yeah, see you next week for another Erratic Control podcast. And thanks for listening. Bye.